RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, afternoon, evening, late day, sunrise, whichever one you're looking for. I just want to say hi to everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. I hope you guys had a really good week. This is episode number four of Duffified Live. So this week right now, we we are just coming out of uh, industry night. That we did over at the Flying Fish Craft House on Monday night. Yes, I'm talking about my own place. Definitely stop by and have some fun. That property is located at 1363 North 31st Street in the wonderful brewery town section of Philadelphia. So stop by and say hi. But Monday night was our industry night. The first one that we've done, um, it was uh, it was quite an episode. We we really had a good old time. Um, the uh, The night itself... Uh, was was beautiful. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, Monday night, and we had uh, a DJ who came in and played, um, which was uh, was pretty wild because the guy who played uh, was very, very sensitive. I soon or uh, I later came to find out. Um, one of the things that uh, that I've, I've always talked about um, when people hire DJs or hire bands or whatever it is, I I always kind of say, you know, you have to remember that it's your property. It's your business. You have your own kind of idea of what your concept is. And so it's so funny because as I was going through this whole interaction with this DJ on Monday night, who, who was a very, very nice guy and was very good, was very good at what he did or what he does, but it just wasn't, it didn't match with our brand. It didn't match with the Flying Fish Craft House brand. It was very EDM. Um, the the BPMs were much lower than I typically like to have, especially for a really energetic night. And, you know, uh, for those of you that own businesses, you know how, how kind of instrumental, uh, pardon the pun, but instrumental music is in the success of your night. And it's one of the things that I really try to talk to my clients. It's one of the things I talk to my staff about. It's one of those things that I'm always, always kind of focusing on. You know, people come into your property. They come into your restaurant. They come into your bar. And if you don't own one of these or or if you're just a consumer, but you think about it in a very, very kind of straightforward manner, I walk into a location and the first thing that really hits me is the appearance of the location. So yeah, we all talk about the bathrooms and going to the bathroom and checking it out and making sure that everything's good. But I, I think that when you first walk through that front door, you know, you're know you you're looking at the hostess. You're looking at the lighting. You're listening to the music that's being played. And it's just so important to make sure that you are the one who is dictating kind of uh, the entire ambiance of your location. If you're a sports bar, you know what? Your lights are a little bit, uh, they're a little bit brighter than normal. You've got a bunch of TVs up. You know, there's neons that are rolling through the whole place, which as we all know are just very unattractive for most people because of that LED, that light that just kind of bounces and flickers and, and goes off all the time. But but the, the next part of that is, you know, if you're in that sports bar and you're used to that, that's what you're expecting. That's what you really expect to see. Something a little bit brighter, 
that constant flicker of that, you know, that neon light that's over there in the corner, um, the TVs that are constantly moving. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I walk into a sports bar and there, you know, there's the Golden Girls up on TV or there's friends all of a sudden playing on TBS somewhere because somebody's not paying attention to the lights. They're not paying attention to what's on the TVs. You know, we had an incident on, uh, I guess it was Friday night last week. We were all sitting around and we were having a conversation. I had a couple of friends in or, or Saturday, whatever night it was, who cares? But but we were sitting around and we were having a conversation and I just happened to glance over and I look up on the TV and there is this naked man standing over top of this naked woman and he's just kind of stretching like that, you know, that after sex kind of, you know, a big roar, that scream. And that's what that's what you see with this gentleman who is standing on my TV in the bar, just buck naked. And, and, and I kind of look over and I look down at the bartender. She hadn't noticed yet. <laughs> and I look up and he is now walking down the hallway. So now we've got this very kind of wide open shot of this man's ass just walking down a hallway. And I kind of look over at the bartender and she quickly stops and Laura's her name and Laura's awesome. She's a great, a great employee with us. And, and I just adore her. She's a, she's a super sweet girl and does a great job, but, but it, it comes down to that attention, pay attention to what's going on in your bars, set the standard and hold that standard. So, so I, I had this situation with this DJ where I was standing at the end of the bar and I was talking to, you know, I mean, I was talking to some friends and stuff. Uh, we're sitting down at the end, uh, having a nice little conversation, just kind of bullshitting back and forth. And uh, at one point, I, I kind of look over at her, and I'm like, "Christina, I, I, I can't hear a word you're saying." So we kind of sit there for a second, and Christina's awesome. Uh, Christina Hazel, uh, she's a, she's a contestant on Hell's Kitchen and so, and season fourteen of all that stuff, and um, super super cool girl. Actually, the first night that her and I had actually met was Monday night in in the in, in industry night in the restaurant, and she's a really nice sweet girl, and and she did an amazing job on Hell's Kitchen, and uh, you know now she does appearances and stuff. But but we were talking about restaurants and we were discussing it, and we couldn't hear each other. At all. There was just, I, I walked over to the DJ and I said, Hey, can you do me a favor and turn it down a little bit? And he literally turned around to me, to me and looked at me like I was just a piece of shit. Like, who are you to tell me to turn this down? And again, I'm, I'm getting like that, this constant drone of music. So, you know, I mean, it's like, it was a slower beat wasn't something that a lot of people were really paying attention to because there wasn't it, it wasn't impactful so uh, he, he he turns it down you know a, a notch I walk back over I start to have a conversation and I walked back over to the guy and I said hey bud you've got to do me a favor I have a lot of people in the restaurant right now that cannot hear and I'm directly behind you and I'm unable to hear the conversation that I'm having so the night started to progress a little bit. The music got back up again, way, way, way too loud for the moment. So I asked him to turn it down again. And then as I was going through, I started to look around and people are leaving my business. We had more than enough there. The ambiance was there. The atmosphere that was there, the energy within the amount of people that were there, probably about 150 people in the restaurant. So there's a really nice buzz going on the restaurant at that point. So, I walked back over to him and I said, hey, buddy, can you do me a favor? And I, I, I didn't know what his name was. His, and I'm not going to say it on air because it's not fair to this gentleman. But 
I said to him, can you do me a favor and play uh, play some stuff that's a little bit more upbeat? I really need you to raise the BPM here. I want to keep my clientele that's in here right now, the guests that are walking through the front door. I want to keep them. And he just kind of looked at me again with this like blank stare. And he said, what do you want me to play? I said, I don't know, something with some lyrics. You know, it was a lot of EDM stuff. And, you know, and, and again, the guy was a great DJ for a nightclub, not for my location. So we go back and forth with this little this little banter that he and I are having, and I finally said, just play something that people know. You know, let's play some music. And and years ago, I was the chef, uh, corporate chef for for a group, and and we had rules like we had a set list. You could play anything that you wanted to, but you had to incorporate these songs. And I always remember having to deal with that, with those DJs who would come in and uh, who, who would get, you know, I hate to use this term, but it's I'm a big fan of it the last month. But they were getting all butt hurt about the fact that somebody was telling them what to do. Now, look, it took me a lot of years to get through that prideful, um, uh, the, the attitude that I would have when somebody would give me criticism on something and valid criticism is generally something that I, I truly believe in. You know, if you're a Yelp reviewer, you've got an attitude and you're trying to become an elite. That's how I feel about that. But so I, I, I start talking to this guy and I said, I need you to play something that, that people know. You know, play something with some lyrics. Have a little bit of fun for it. So, you know, my night goes on. I'm drinking a couple of chef's night out. I'm having some fun. And I walk away. I come back up. Uh, I go downstairs. I'm having some fun with some friends. I'm watching the fire breathers that are down there from the Artful Dodgers that you guys met last week. I'm watching Rowan, uh, who's doing her, uh, her her hula hoop dance. And uh, I'm watching everybody really just kind of have a lot of fun. We've got a whole bunch of people. We line our whole beer garden with beer games. And we've got cups and asshole and quarters and dice and, and, and decks of cards everywhere. And, you know, we've got, uh, we've got cups and we've got beer pong. So I'm watching this great night go on, and at the same time, people are now walking out the front door again. So we've gone from about 150, probably down to about 125, 100 people, and it was only about, I don't know, I'd have to say maybe 10 o'clock at night. So we're only an hour into this, and I'm now realizing that my DJ is fully affecting the clientele that I have in my restaurant. Again, what I pride myself on, I allowed to happen inside of the restaurant. So I went up to him and I said, buddy, you got to do me a favor. I need you to play some more hipper stuff, something that people really understand and and, and something that, that people know. So he got angry. My partner in the meantime had gone over and said, hey, it's getting really loud. I need you to shut it down. And this was about 1130, I guess. So he shuts it down. And the guy then walks down to me while I'm downstairs. Now, I'm sitting down. I'm playing Jenga with a couple of friends. I'm having a good time. And like full on taps me on the shoulder and said, if you wanted a top 40 DJ, you should have hired a top 40 DJ. And I kind of stood up and said, hey, bud, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. It really wasn't about a top 40 DJ or not. But what I was looking for was for somebody to raise the loud, raise the level of energy within my place. And no offense to you. You're a very good DJ, but that's not what you were doing. You're just not that type of DJ. And he was really offended by that. And I said, I, I, I am a craftsman myself. I have a talent. I like to share that talent. And, and I'm just giving you constructive criticism. But you really have to play to the crowd at times like that. Like you were a hired gun for the night. You were supposed to be a major part of the entertainment for the night. And the major part of my entertainment does not include boom, 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 bo
Like that was the general theme. What I want is bam, 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 bam. Like I wanted something a little bit more high. And I was fully explaining it to him. And the guy blatantly looks at me and says, again, if you wanted a top 40 DJ, you should have hired a top 40 DJ. And I said, you're absolutely right. And I will make sure that I do the next time around. Well, apparently he was very offended by this conversation and proceeded to text a manager and, you know, talk to her about the fact that he was really upset about the conversation that was had. But what it comes down to, my friends, is really just pretty straightforward. It's your business. You dictate what happens in your business. You were the one who sets that motion. You were the one who sets that standard. You were the one who has to stay true to your brand. You know, a lot of times I'll walk into the restaurant and one of my managers loves to play the 80s. I'm not a fan of the 80s. I'm sorry. I don't need Cindy Lauper banging it out in the middle of an evening during dinner because, you know what, it's not the style of music that we want. I try to do something that's got a higher BPM to it. By the way, for those who don't know, BPM is the beats per minute. You want to raise the beats per minute within your restaurant, especially as the night progresses because of the fact that people will then tend to leave if it's a lower beat. The higher the BPM is, the more energized they feel and the more comfortable they feel. It's kind of a weird thing, but you dim the lights a little bit and you raise the BPM of the music and people kind of, they start to bop around, their heads start to go, shoulders, you see that foot tapping starting to happen. It's really a very kind of cool science experiment. So the next time you're in your restaurant or your next time you're in your business, pay attention. Or if you walk into a restaurant or if you walk into a business, pay attention to the music that you're playing. You know, you think about it when you go into a retail store or something like that, the lights are always much brighter. They want you to find that out. Look, think about casinos. Same thing. Bright lights. They've got, uh, you know, oxygen that's pumped in. There's no sunlight. You really don't know what time it is. And there's always some kind of really good kind of music or, or, or something that's kind of pushing that forward, that, that energy forward. Same thing within a, a store. I was at Forever 21 with my daughter in New York two weeks ago. You walk in and it's like bang, 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 bang. It's that constant, you know, that tapping that's going on the whole time. And it's that same beat. You actually end up walking faster. You're going up an escalator. You're not standing on the escalator. You're actually walking up the escalator. So pay attention to your businesses. Pay attention to the stuff that's going on within it and really, really dig in. And, uh, you know, you'll own your business the way that you should own your business when you start to pay attention to the ambiance, the atmosphere, the music, the lighting, all of that good stuff. That's what I got for you on my little tip of the day. There are a tremendous amount of people that uh, that make this show happen. Um, we've got the boys over there at RadioInfluence.com who do a tremendous amount of podcasts and uh, they do a lot of radio stuff and they have a whole bunch of projects that they take care of on a weekly basis. Uh, my travel life, my travel world is pretty scary, is, uh, is, is pretty crazy sometimes. You know, I'm on the road for the next six weeks and uh, Jerry and Jason, I personally want to thank you guys for how hard you guys work to make this show so great. Your patience with me getting you files late and getting audio to you guys and getting my crazy ideas. So Sometimes they're pretty nutty and you guys just continuously come through. So I want to thank you guys very, very much for that. On top of that, I have a wonderful person who uh, who gets to get all of our promo pieces out to you guys who works really, really hard at that. Uh, I tried to get her some stuff early this week. She gave me some great, great content back. But now I'm hitting her up a little bit later because one uh, because interviewing uh, uh, my last guest happened at a last minute. Um, so I want to thank Maggie Gagliardi. Maggie is a pretty awesome individual. Super, super cool. Very, very talented. She's an absolute blast to hang out with. And I, I, I consider her not only, uh, not only a, a friend, 
Um, I, I feel there's like a connection there between us. We have we have a, a cool thing, you know. We just kind of think about stuff. So Maggie Gagliardi, thank you so much. If you guys are on Instagram, check out Maggie. She does a tremendous, tremendous job with her illustrations. Use her for some projects. Let the, let's get this girl some money. Let's get this girl some some uh, you know taken care of for for some of the hard work that she does. You can check her out on Instagram at Mags Art M A G G Z A R T. To finalize a little bit with uh, with some of the stuff that goes on with this show, I also have to thank my dear friend Michelle Stockman out there in Breeze, Illinois, for the wonderful job that you do with my website, which is DuffifiedLive.com. Check it out. Go over there. Find out. You have information. You have questions. You guys want to get something to me, feel free to hop over there and do that. Uh, Michelle does all of uh, my graphic design for my personal and for my company, uh, for my Duffified Live and my Duff stuff, as well as my chef stuff. She takes care of all of that. Michelle does my website. She updated, updates it on a monthly basis. She updates it every single week for the show to make sure that everything is up there. So if you need help with your website, you need some help with a little bit of graphic design, you having some issues with your computer, you having some issues that involve any form of technology when it comes into things like that, do me a favor, head over to Techno Solutions. That's T-E-C-H-K-N-O-W Solution. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell them that I sent you. Finally, I have my own business. You all know that I have my own business. I own the Flying Fish Craft House with my partners. We're partners up with uh, Flying Fish Brewery out of Jersey. Come in to see us. We're at 1363 North 31st Street. I'm there every single week. I try to get in there every single week as much as I can. The food is awesome. The beer is completely off the wall. It's absolutely amazing what happens within this space. Come in, stop by, say hi, and then we go from there. Thank you guys so much. All right, everybody, here we go. So to the stage, the phone, the microphone, the computer, whatever you want to call it, we are talking to uh, a friend of mine who is somebody that's very important in my life, despite the fact that we don't talk a tremendous amount. There's something to be said about just having a peace in your life and uh, and somebody who you know is is out there, you know that they're on your side, uh, you know that no matter what, uh, they're there. They're not going anywhere. And you have to just imagine that for a second. And that's who this person is. So mm-hmm. I am going to talk to you. You hear a little laugh in the background. That's her right there. So today <laughs> we get to talk to the wonderful Miss Sally Marie Young, who I affectionately know as Sally Miller, um, also known as Sally Soul Stylist. Uh, Sally, at some point you had like 20 different <laughs> emails or websites or something to that effect. So everybody say hi or raise or clap or do whatever you got to do to Sally Marie Young. How are you, Sally? I'm good, Brian. How are you? <laughs> oh, good. You see, see, there's like she talks and there's just like a calm, like everybody just kind of stops and they look and everything changes. So. So, Sally, we have known each other for about 10 years. And mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I where, where did we meet at Harvest? We met at Harvest originally. Yes. And um, and then we realized we had a lot of the same friends, same connections. And then I believe it was um, there was an event in Philly, Molly, Molly Napolitano. Yes. Who I love. And you were at that event. And that was like our official hangout night that night which we had a lot of fun yeah and i had to go home early you did i did i had i didn't have a babysitter that's all right we made up for it after that but we we had many years 
Yeah, we've gone out. I still have and every in my phone. One of my favorite pictures is a picture that I have of you and me, you and I of me, of me, of me and you um, at, at a where the hell like sugar moms. Oh, my God. That was such a fun night. That was a great yes. night. Yeah. Yes. With all my buddies. And you were out with the girls. You guys went out for your birthday, didn't you? Yes. Uh-huh. At Tallulah's we Garden. We did. See, I remember all this. We did. It was fun. It was fun, fun, fun. We did. There was a lot of laughing that night. So, so Sally, why don't you uh, why don't, t- tell me what, tell them, I know what you do, but why don't you tell everybody what it is that you do? Wow. Well, I do lots of things, but um, basically I'm, I'm just in the, bu- in the business of helping people be better humans. I like that. And what, what were you going to say? I said, I like that. I'm going to interrupt you every now and then. You yeah. can just keep talking. I just throw my little comments in. Shoot. That's fine. Um, and how I do that is I'm a life coach and a spirituality coach. Um, you can't really coach with me without me getting deep into where you are spiritually in life. I am a meditation teacher. I'm also a yoga teacher, but I really focus on meditation and I am a Reiki master. So I really believe in the, um, healing arts of energy medicine. And I kind of combine everything. I also have a background as a beautician. So I really believe in um, beauty. Beautiful. Beautiful. um, And personal style and really being authentic at how you show yourself to the world. That's I like that. I I remember one time we were having a conversation about and they wanted, didn't they want you to change the way that you said beautiful? Oh, yeah. When I worked on the TV show. And I was pissed. Every five minutes it was cut. Yeah. And, but what did I say to you? You keep that shit. You did. You and I remember texting that. you on set saying, Brian, they want me to change the way I talk. And you were like, no way. No, that's a part of you. That's like part of your world. Yes. And you, you especially who, you know, you don't change for people. You change for yourself. Right on. And that's the mm-hmm. way that life works. That's it. <laughs> you got it all figured out. You don't I do. Great show. Great show, Sal. Thanks for everything. <laughs> I appreciate it. And Sally, uh, so what I, I can see Sally, because we're doing this through Skype right now, and Sally has this massive mug that says love is all you need. So, um, so I don't know. I, I, I mean, I remember I remember the whole Molly thing and I remember meeting you at Harvest, but it was it, there was a connection that you and I had at the bar after the Molly thing that I remember. Yes. And you looked at me and you're like, and I, I don't remember exactly, but there was at some point you said something to the effect of like, we have to hang out, but I feel that there's going to be like trouble if that's what it is. Cause there was just like, everybody was around and we were having fun and it took everything in my power not to call a babysitter to, to take care of my children that night. Cause I could have gone out all night long. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> and it would have been trouble. It totally would have. It totally would have. Well, we, but we, 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 we've had some fun. I mean, I spent new year's day with you this year. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I did. Mummers. What a, what a talk about fun. What a shit show, but it is such a, I love the mummers. It's been brought into my life because of my new husband. Um, but it's always been in my life, but I, I love the energy that you feel when you're in Philadelphia on the day of the mummers. Yeah. It is incredible, you know, and yes, there's drunk people and there's carrying yep. on, but there's also this um, brotherly love that just kind of sweeps you up and it's happy new year, happy new year. And everybody's intentions seem to be very pure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, how have you done, have you done the mummers for your life? I mean, is that something that you had always, you know, do you remember doing that as a kid? 
Yeah, I remember going down um, as a kid and then as a teenager, which was a whole different experience. And then uh, bringing my kids down when they were little in the stroller and kind of doing the family side of the street. Right. Now I'm on the other side of the fence and I'm actually marching and it's really fun. Which is so cool to see. I mean, I, I love I, I, I've been I've been going to the Marvel since I guess I was two, two or three. And I remember uh, my, yeah. my aunt lived on 13th and Rittner. And we would go down there and I remember sitting on the couch as a kid and seeing my cousins who were these like badass dudes dressed as women. <laughs> yes. You know, and every time that somebody walked in the front door or before they left, they did a shot of Seagram seven because that's what there were like three bottles on this small round uh, Italian form of table by the front by the front door. And everybody yeah. was just doing shots like every it's time so I turned around. It's weird. It's like every brigade kind of has their own shot thing. You know, it seems it's honey whiskey with the two streets. With the two streets. Really? Yeah. Honey whiskey. And is Mm -hmm. this like new? Because that's a new that's like a new booze just recently coming out. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Oh, oh, I'm I'm wrong. Yes. Honey whiskey is is something new, but it was it was like a black cherry. Oh, jeez. Just like bad. Like like cough syrup. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Was it blackberry brandy? Was it blackberry brandy? Yes, that's it. Blackberry Blackberry brandy. brandy. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, you know, that's a very and and it's odd because uh, two streets are they're out of Gloucester, aren't they? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a very. Delco thing, blackberry brandy. Is it really very Delco? I didn't even yeah. know that, and I'm so, a Delco girl. So for everybody who we're talking about Gloucester City in New Jersey, which I spent my first time there ever with Sally, watching her husband, and what what is Kevin's <laughs> band's name? Well, the lunatics the lunatics yeah so there you go we got sally miller <laughs> yeah. the soul stylist and her husband kevin the lunatic i know right we, we we balance each other out really well you do that is definitely that is that's absolutely the truth so so how did what you guys met at the beach we did we met at the beach which is like your we met church. at the beach it's kind of one of those um you know it's so beautiful that it almost doesn't sound real it was it was at night it was standing at the water's edge it was under a full moon <laughs> it was it was a beautiful night it was very magical he's a good dude he's a good guy he's a real good dude i like him a lot yeah. we should have him and the lunatics on sometime we should have Look, the lunatics into the into the you, craft house you definitely should you definitely we, should we pissed off enough people on monday night during industry night with my flamethrowers and sword swallowers that were out front Oh my God. That sounds like fun. That's what I do. I throw fun parties. <laughs> I throw fun parties. So how did, so what, where did this, this transition or, or what, when did you start kind of getting into the spiritual side of things? Well, I mean, I pretty much from the, you know, as a little girl, I went to Catholic school and, um, and my mom had me really young. She had me at 16 years old. So we kind of grew up together. And, I, and you know, Catholic school was really stressful. Yeah. And we were afraid all the time. And my mom would, like, lay with me. And she was, you know, if I erased my homework, we would, like, cry together. And she'd be so scared. And then she'd, like, put me on the bus to school and say, oh, good luck. I'm praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, is this really oh, the way that it is? I just can't believe. And I remember having a conversation with sister. Um, I was in first grade and I told her, 
I need to get in touch with Jesus. Like I have to figure out how to talk to him because we're praying and I'm worried all the time. My mom's worried and I don't, I have to find another way to connect with him because I don't think he's hearing my prayers. (laughs) And um, she said, well, you can write Jesus letters, you know, you can write him a letter. And if you have a manger in your home, write the letter, fold it up and put it under the manger. And it was Christmas time. So that's why she told me to put it under the manger. So I did that. And um, then Christmas passed and New Year's passed and little Christmas passed. And my mother put the manger away. And I'm like, shit, where am I going to where's Jesus going to get my letters? You know, because I really (laughs) felt like I was connecting, connecting to something by writing out how I felt. And then my mom would find them all over the house. I just was hiding them everywhere. And she actually swore that I was going to grow up and be a nun. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Which we both know, Brian, I am far from a nun. (laughs) So um, that's kind of, you know, I always had a very deep spiritual connection as a little kid. And then as a teenager, it kind of got a little bit more esoteric. I was really intrigued by um, astrology, um, different realms of spirituality, started to explore like new age music at an age when like nobody was really exploring new age music right. and um, kind of getting into like crystals and different things. But I still didn't really know what I was doing. I just thought it was cool. Right. And then got into yoga. But it wasn't really until I had my daughter, Brielle, who is now 18 years old, um, that at three years old, her preschool teacher told me that she had severe anxiety and that she was probably going to be need. She's they're going to they're going to put her on medication. That's the first thing she said to me when I walked in her office. She's going to need to be medicated. They're definitely going to put her on medication. And it's just going to be something she's to live with because she's probably got ADD or ADHD. Oh, um, and I was pissed, very defensive because I, I mean, Brielle came out screaming, crying, you know, I I mean, she was born with anxiety. So I kind of already knew this about her, but, um, I never labeled her. So it was shocking to hear that at three years old in preschool. And I took the pediatrician and I had a rock star pediatrician, a real old school woman, looked like Mrs. Claus. Great. Really great. And um, but, no, wait, Brielle is your se- is second because Kira Brielle is second. And then Gavin. Yes. Got it. OK. Yeah. OK. So you've already had practice with one. I did. I did. Although Kira was born with books in her hand. She yeah. was very. Uh, She's you know. so damn funny. She reminds me of Stuart Little. She- <laughs> when she puts those damn glasses on, because first she's stunning. She's beautiful. I don't think. And, and Kira doesn't know how beautiful she is. She knows. She knows inside. But her. Oh, her yeah. But her. Her external. She's stunning. I mean, you know. You're a good looking lady and and it's not like, you know, Costa was a good looking, is a good looking dude too. You guys produced a hell of an offspring there, but she doesn't know how beautiful she is on the outside. She is definitely beautiful. She's got her dad's hair. He's got great hair, real shiny and pretty, but Kira's a very strong, determined young woman. She's tough Um, as nails, that kid. She is. She is. She's like my Emily. Yes, totally. Like your Emily. Yeah. Yeah. But when I went to the pediatrician, um, she just said to me really, you know, honestly, like, look, do you want me to send you to um, to DuPont, you know, with like a list of tests to put her through? And she goes, yes, they'll put her on medication because that's the world we live in today. Or do you want to teach her how to deal with life? Wow. Because ultimately, she's going to have to learn how to deal with life. Wow. And it's not easy out there for somebody who's sensitive. And I was so grateful. Yeah. For that because um 
on Costa's side of the family, there, there's a, you know, a lot of depression and, and there was a lot of depression medication. So to them, it was kind of like, well, yeah, it's hereditary, you know, just she's just throw her a pill, just give her what she needs so she can cope in life because it's really difficult. And instead I was, I fought tooth and nail and I thought there's got to be a better way. So I started studying, um, energy healing. Actually, I started, I started going for Reiki and then went into studying meditation and, um, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper before I knew it. I was in life coaching school and where does then one I went, go to life coaching school? You know what, Bri? It's crazy. I went to, I went to Boston to study. It's called fashion feng shui and it's about dressing with intention. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. And I went there and then when I came home, I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, like a, I have to do something else. I opened up my mailbox and there was a flyer from Del Delaware County Community College. It said life coaching 101 with like a little blurb underneath. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And I went to that and I, 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 I'm, I shit you not, as my pop pop would say, um, sitting in class and I can't even control myself as she's talking about how you can, you can make a living from um, coaching people to live a better life and help them and helping them discover who they are and deeper meanings and setting goals. And I can't even control myself. I can't sit still. I'm like, <laughs> you're moving right now. You're literally I bouncing right now. Thinking about it. Nobody can see it, but you're like, you, you're, 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 you're and you can't see me cause my camera's not working, but you're like dancing around. It, I was so bad that when my teacher went into the bathroom, I followed her into the bathroom was standing outside of the stall. She opened up the stall and like jumped back. She was like, and I said, hi, I'm so sorry. My name is Sally and I'm really excited to be here. And she goes, yeah, I know. I You're like tell. jumping out of your seat. <laughs> like it's really hard to look at everybody else in the class when you're like, you know, jumping all around. And I said to her, I just really feel like I was meant to be here. And she goes, sweetie, you're in the wrong class. And I was like brokenhearted. What? She said, you're in a business coaching class when what you are is a spirituality coach. She said, your light is beyond bright. Wow. And you need to get yourself in the right type of schooling. So she was the one that really pushed me into um, finding the right coaching school. And while I was in coaching school, I was getting heavy in my meditation practice and my Reiki training, which took me about three years to complete. To what year answer. is this happening? Um, gosh, 2006. Okay. So not that. So, so 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's still kind of pre, and this is a horrible word, but pre trend. Totally. There seems to be a massive trend with all of this. And we were, we were talking Absolutely. about it the other day about yoga. Yeah. But so go ahead. So, so 11 years ago, this is happening and then boom. Yeah. And it just kind of started to evolve. Like I didn't really know what I was going to do with any of it. I just could not stop learning, but I just could not stop. I just couldn't get enough. Um, and when I was done, uh, getting my master's for, for Reiki and coaching school, the next natural thing to me was to go into yoga teacher training because I just wanted to feel spirituality in my body. At that point, I had studied so much that I felt like I needed to study the body. And that was kind of the next step. And um, and it's been a it's been a crazy ride, actually, because through it all, I've done some really different things have found have found me like Soul Sister Circle Radio was kind of the kickstart. That. that was so fun. 
I know. But that was was stressful. Yeah. I mean, you know, my poor girlfriends that I that I kind of strong armed on to, to join me <laughs> on the ride. We were having spiritual coaches and teachers and authors on every single week. And as you know, Bri, when you have guests on every week, you got to educate yourself on who they are. Yeah. So we were reading books, taking workshops. We called oh it the God. fast track of spiritual college. And we were really, we had, we had to get off the crazy train at some point because we had to integrate everything that we had learned into our lives and try Plus to figure out families and jobs and babies. Yes. We all had babies. So from that, um, the TV show found me and I did natural reboot, which was a dream, a dream. And that was fantastic. And then, you know, life happened throughout all of this too. I continued to grow and evolve and awaken. Um, so my life started to kind of unravel you know, in different ways. Um, I just wasn't the same person anymore. I was more me. So relationships changed, um, got divorced, got remarried, uh, kids grew up and life happened. Yeah. How long, how long was, was, were you in Boston for? And, and so this was 11 years ago. So, I mean, you had kids. I think it might've been a little bit longer than that. Yeah. It might've been, I think I was in Boston in, 2003, I believe, because Gavin was a little guy. And what uh, now? I, I mean, this is something that I've always thought about because because you're you know, a lot of people say it's like a transformation because I've, I've talked to I, I travel a lot, as we all know, and I meet really cool people on the road. And and so and it's so funny because when people talk about the fact that they're spiritual or that, and I always automatically go back to you and I'm like, oh, well, you have to meet Sally Young and blah, 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 blah. So I talk <laughs> about you all the time, just so you know, but. But I, 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 one of the things that I find and one of the things that I'm so fascinated with is, is how the rest of the people in your life, how do they handle that? Because you, you the woman that you were in 2000 is so far removed from totally the 17-year-later woman that you are now. And yeah. so, you know, and you said you got divorced, but but I mean, you're – and and. I'm like stumbling now because I have so many questions about this, but what was one of the things that you really, that you really saw around you with everybody around you as you were progressing and you were moving forward with your life? And then what, what is the conversation that you have with the mom while you're standing in line waiting to pick your child up? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, is that a weird question? No, no, not at all. I mean, basically in the beginning stages, my mother was like, you are meditating yourself crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You're crazy. You're not going to fit in with everybody else anymore. What are you doing? You know? Um, But this was also the same woman who told me when I was little, stop smiling so hard and like being so happy because people won't believe you. You're too bright. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she would, you know, not get embarrassed, but I was, as you know, I'm an excited person. Yeah. Um, I like, I like light and, and the word bubbly comes to my brain, but bubbly, not in like a dumb blonde way, bubbly in like in the Sally Miller way. There's (laughs) a difference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So basically what I found was that, um, my life earlier and I love my life. I was a hair, I was a very successful stylist. Um, loved being a stylist. I still love it. I do my girl's hair and I'll never let anybody else do their hair for their proms. (laughs) And I hope to God I'll be doing their hair on their wedding days too. And I love, love creating beauty. 
So that life was really fun, but there was a lot of fluff around me. Um, relationships were fun and I had tons and tons and tons of friends. But as I started to evolve, I started realizing there's just a lot of fluff around me. And one thing that I noticed as I was meditating and, um, getting deeper grounded into myself is even my voice changed from being like, hi, how are you guys? What's going on? You know, like everything with an exclamation point. Yes. Love me. Like me. Hi, I'm Sally. Like jazz hands to, um, to like me, you know, more, more me. And as you start to fall deeper into your truth, into your Satnam, your true identity, um, people start to fall away and that's okay. And you also start to realize that, um, a lot of your relationships probably weren't as authentic as you thought in the first place, not because they did anything wrong or you did anything wrong. It's just because, you know, we live in a world where people present their false selves before they, we're not, we're not really taught to be ourselves at a very young age. We're actually taught out of ourselves. And then we spend our whole lives trying, trying to get, to get back it back. Hand, yeah. You know? It's something that I've, I've focused so much on with, with, you know, with my girls and, and especially with Emily. I mean, Emily's an old soul. She's that, yeah. you know, I, I have a picture of Emily somewhere that, and, and who my ex-wife's mother's best friend, who was a Reiki master and all that stuff, drew a picture of unborn Emily Duffy. And the weirdest part about that picture is that she has this red, orange kind of fiery aura that is around her picture. That's crazy. and, And I mean, and for people who don't know, my daughter has red hair. So the fact that somebody was drawing a picture of an unborn child and that this child then comes out and who is this amazing light in my life. With this bright, fiery red hair was just very weird to me that that, uh, yeah, it was was odd. Yeah, it was a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So so you go ahead. Back to your question about how do you hang? How do you talk to the other moms at school when you're and that was a big wake up call for me um, when the kids were really little realizing, you know, hanging out with all the moms, the conversation was just so fluffy, you know, if it it was either about other people, um, or it was, you know, like, what color are your drapes and what are you painting your walls? And this week (laughs) I'm buying, and, and that's okay. That's kind of what was happening in everybody's lives. But to me, it was like, God is the, where do we find some big talk? Yeah. You know, is anybody talking about like some really good stuff? Like, you know, universal stuff for what's going on in the world. And, um, the only way for me to find that was to kind of hang out with, you know, go into yoga studios or, um, go on meditation retreats or just try to find my people. Yeah. <laughs> find your people. There's, oh, like a, people. there's like, a, there's like a beacon that just goes up into the sky. That's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an ohm symbol that's up in the sky somewhere that everybody's <laughs> looking for when it, you know, it's like Batman. Um, so well, back then it felt like that, but today it's definitely a little bit more different. Well, I think that it's it's also a lot more one understood partially, mm-hmm. but it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today is is to kind of get a better understanding of some of what it is. Um, 
And because I started meditating a lot. And it's funny when we started to talk about this, you had said, what, what did you call it? Meditation, something about not being an asshole or meditation, how to not be an asshole. <laughs> yes. Meditation helps you not being ass, not be an asshole. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's in, I, I find that like last night I was laying in bed and I was, I, I, so I, I dated somebody for a little while who was from Brooklyn, very, very toxic relationship, very toxic relationship. I should have gotten out a long time ago, but I, you know, we always take away from people. We take things away that we put inside of us, whether it's an ex-husband or a boyfriend or somebody we meet on the street or whatever. I at least try to take things away from people through learning experiences and whatnot. I believe in experiences. And from this person, I got the Deepak Chopra, uh, like meditation website that it's not an app. You can't find it. Like you need to really dig in to find it. And the one thing that she said to me is the only thing that I ask by giving this to you is that you share it with other people. Ah. So I share this all the time. And there's an amazing one in there that talks about it's, it's called letting go of pain and it's Mm. 23 minutes and 17 seconds long. And it starts off with just the basic breathing and um, the guy's name is David G and he's from the Chopra oh. Center in the in, in yes, Carlsbad, California, the sweet spot of the universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's got the sexiest meditation. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And the funny part about it is he's sitting there and you know he's like, you know, he's probably just laying in bed, like reading into, you know, just doing, but it's totally off the cuff. It's not, it's not like he's reading from a book. It's very yeah. odd, but. But he goes through this first I, I've part. actually seen him. Uh, I went to the Chopra Center and, and studied primordial really? sound meditation. So I actually got to be in front of him. And when he, I was so excited to meet him, Brian, because, you know, his voice was just so crazy I sexy. I have to Google him while we're talking. And they're like, David G is coming. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Hold on, don't can't... tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. I have to look him up. David G. Yes. Chopra. And when he walked in, I was like. No. Oh, man. Damn it. Some things are better left unseen. No, he's a good looking guy. He's cute, but he's like an older, he's an older guy and he's a hippie and he's, it was just, uh, his voice doesn't match his, his meditation voice doesn't match. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) But, but there's an amazing, there's, there's a, the, the, the letting go of pain is probably one of my best, my favorite kind of meditations because it it really can go anywhere. I, I think it starts off with kind of a body pain that he starts to talk about. But then he goes into the relationship. He goes into people in your lives and he does this great thing where, um, which is the best way that I can explain anger to people. And it is uh, when you, he he does that, you take a breath and hold that breath and don't let go of that breath until I tell you to let go. And then Mm -hmm. he says, and right now your body has used up all the oxygen from that breath. So what you're holding on to is no longer useful. So mm. as human beings, we stand around and we literally fester over things. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's the the, the saying that, you know, it, it, anger is like drinking poison and, and expecting the other person to die. And mm-hmm. so there's the, that great part of it. And when you finally release that first part and I tell people that's kind of what meditation is like for me, like. It's a great release just to get mm-hmm. all the shit out. It takes me a couple minutes to kind of and I have 80 days, you can tell just by talking to me. But it kind of focuses me and it pulls me into this really, really cool place. So, so meditation on how to not be an asshole is a, I'm a big fan, but anybody who gets it, go to the, go to the Deepak Chopra part. And, and I mean, let's talk a little bit about the, the variations of meditation. I mean, my ex girl, you know, you know, Jill, Jill's father has done transcendental meditation for 20 years, 20 years, two hours a day. 
TM's so, good stuff, man. And my yes. brother does it. My brother's now Buddhist and he is uh, the conversations that I have with him are some of the most amazing conversations. You know, yes. it, it's it's pretty wild. So, so talk to me about some of the different kind of levels or or variations or types of meditation and and what is, you know, TM versus guided or or what what else is in there? Yeah, guided meditation is great. Um, it's pretty, you know, self-explanatory. And for people that have a hard time sitting in mindfulness, um, guided meditation is really beneficial. I like guided meditation um, at nighttime. I think it's really great. I, I teach my kids to use mindful meditation. I mean, um, ma- uh, mantra, but I'm getting ahead <laughs> of myself. Uh, guided meditation at night. So guided meditation is is really great to take you on a journey. So it's kind of a nice vehicle for your mind to experience. It takes you out of your life. Um, uh, TM meditation is fantastic. I, I took TM, Kevin and I took TM training together actually. And TM meditation is practicing mindfulness using a mantra, um, 20 minutes a day, preferably 20 minutes, two times a day. Um, but they really want you to kind of work up as much as you can. TM is great. Highly recommend TM meditation. Um, the training is pricey, but worth every penny. And and can you, can you explain TM a little bit? What, where am I interrupting you? Transcendental meditation. Okay. Yeah. Transcendental meditation. So transcendental meditation is about transcending the mind. And you would think that that would mean, you know, kind of leaving your body, but it actually is going deeper, deeper, deeper into your body, under your thoughts, under all the madness and under the craziness where there is this nothingness, but your mantra and you're repeating your mantra over and over. And your mantra doesn't mean anything. Your mantra means nothing. So there's this nothingness, Mm -hmm. this complete state of bliss. And something very similar to TM is um, primordial sound meditation, which is what I studied at the Chopra Center. And um, that's one of my favorites. It's the same as TM. You receive a sacred mantra to repeat during meditation. It's it's a little bit more spiritual than TM. Um, Deepak Chopra takes things, you know, he's a little cosmic. Um, and it's the same thing. You get that sacred mantra. Now, what I loved about what I learned in, in primordial sound from Deepak Chopra is that, um, you're, you're ultimately going after this space called the gap. So you're meditating, you're repeating your mantra, and I'm just going to kind of give you an example. So, you close your eyes, you center yourself, you breathe and you get yourself all set up and you start reciting your mantra. Um, just say my mantra is I am healthy. 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 Shit. Did I take the chicken out of the freezer for dinner? (laughs) I think I did. Oh, wait, I am healthy. Mm -hmm. I am healthy. I am healthy really should have been nicer to my sister a couple of years ago when we were like planning our wedding. And I, God, I don't even know if I talked to Aunt Betty then. And I really want to write this book. I've got this book in my mind and I just can't, I don't. Okay. All right. All right. Whatever. The mantra. I am healthy. 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 
So did you see that pause there? Yeah. Right. So your mind will jump around to your to-do list. You'll write a book. You might even write a song. You'll review past relationships. You'll, yeah. And then you'll come back to the mantra. But when, you, when you're in the mantra and then the, you drop off and then there's kind of nothing, that is called the gap. And the gap is really what we're after in meditation. The same with TM. We're, 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 we're looking to kind of exist in the gap the nothingness space. And it doesn't last very long. And when you catch yourself in the gap, you're out of the gap. And then you're like, shit, how can I get back in the <laughs> Damn gap? Damn it, I need the gap. Um, Give me the gap. <laughs> let me get back in the gap. Get it back. And then your head is in the game and forget it. You can't get back into the gap. But just a millisecond spent in that gap, just a millisecond is equivalent to a 30 minute nap. Wow. To your body. Yes. So it's, it's, it's crazy, right? So that's really where all profound healing takes place because you're in a conscious, awake, relaxed state. You're not sleeping, which is totally different when we're sleeping at night. Um, when you're in a conscious, awake state, you're fully engaged um, with your body. So a lot of profound healing takes place. So sometimes we're driving. And did you ever drive somewhere and you don't know how you got there? And you're like, shit, I don't oh even remember. God, driving here. I, I drove home this morning and I had no idea how I got home. Yeah. Like that space out. Yeah. Sort of like that. But um, you're in meditation huh. and using a mantra is really, really helpful because a mantra is a vehicle for your mind. That's what the word mantra means. And your mind, its job is to think it will never stop thinking. That's, you know, the way it was created in our right. bodies. So when you hear people say, you know, I want, I just can't meditate. I can't turn off my thoughts. And it's like, well, good luck with that. Yeah. Because you're never going to achieve it ever. You're never going to achieve um, turning your mind off. But with meditation, you, you start to slow your thoughts down so that you can hopefully obtain um, the gap every once in a while. Um and you can start to become the observer of your thoughts. As you slow your thoughts down, you have the awareness, oh, I'm thinking. And it's like, okay, well, who's, who's that that's having the awareness that you're thinking? Right. So you start to get under your thoughts to the soul. So mantra is really helpful because it helps you, you know, repeat a phrase. Your mind likes to be busy. So it's got this word. It just keeps reciting the word and then um, your timer goes off and you feel like you dropped in and it's all good. I really, I like to teach mantra meditation over mindfulness because I think that although mindfulness is very buzzy, right? Everybody's talking about being mindful and mindfulness today and I love it. I love it. I say everybody jump on the bandwagon. So, love so, it. And I, so explain mindfulness though. So mindfulness is awareness. Okay. That simple. It's it's not living in the past. It's not worrying about the future. It's just being present in the right here, right now. And so the the bracelet that you gave me mm -hmm. is what's 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 the stone or what's the bead? It's the green one. Do you remember? Yes, it's a bloodstone. That's it. And so what yes. is so? And but you had said mindfulness when you had given this to me. So just to for you to wear it around your wrist, just to wear it is is creating mindfulness because you don't even have to be active in the state of meditation just to look at your wrist and touch that you are mindful that you are a spiritual being 
Hmm. You, are, you are mindful that you have a practice there waiting for you whenever right. you want it. You know, so I love to wear malas, as you know. It's um, I never. I bought, I bought mine. Great. I didn't do the hundred and eight. I tried. Okay. But I'm yeah, I'm but, running a challenge right now. One hundred and eight because there's one hundred and eight beads on each mala, and to recite your mantra for one hundred and eight times every day for one hundred and eight days. Okay, so I'm going back into it. I'm going back into it. All right, it's I always promise. there for you. It's always yeah, there. Well, for you're you. my first. You're the first. I don't know what it is, and and so I talk about Sally being in my life, and we may not talk all the time, but there's different parts. Like I said this morning. Like I popped open my computer and I hopped on a Facebook and there you were, you were in my memory from like six years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. And then right after that, I popped open one of my files and the first word that pops up is beauty because we talked about beautiful in that whole nine yards. So for some reason, when I wake up in the morning and you're an early riser and, and living life, your B soul studio is one of the first things that I see when I check Instagram. So I don't know what it is. So you're always there. And that's Mm -hmm. what I tried to explain to somebody last night. I was talking about how I was interviewing you today and we were going to talk. And I said, it's really very hard to explain because we don't talk all the time. But for some reason, I know that you're there. Yes. So we're good. And but now you're with me all the time anyway, because I have the bracelet. Because you have, I have the my bracelet. Beads, so I do. I'm really, that, you were just surfing the same vibration, you know, it's yeah. just all about energy and vibration. And it's funny, you know, when you think about someone and then they call you yeah. an hour later, you know, yeah. that's all that really is. But we're connected. Yes. We're connected, my soul brother. <laughs> so with, uh, so how much has, has your, your life in the world of, I mean, now you have kids and, and all the other stuff. I mean, I, I when it comes to healing and meditation and medicine, I mean, you mentioned Brielle, at young, you know, being young and they said you can pop her on pills or, or do this or that. What are your, yeah. what are your kind of thoughts within that world now? Well, I, I really believe that this is the time, you know, this is the time for the wellness community. We don't have to live like starving artists anymore. Right. I think that, um, it's, it's actually coming to, um, we're coming to a place in society where we cannot live or function without alternative healing methods. Right. It, you know, we're, we're all stressed out and the disease that's bigger than cancer and heart disease or anything else that's, that we have going on is the disease of the mind. We are all ADHD and everybody is stressed. We all have these cell phones. Oh my God. Yeah. There, you know, we haven't even begun. We don't even know the damage really that that is causing onto us. But what I do know is that we are constantly outside of our body. We're constantly out of our body. In the morning, you pick up your phone, boom, you're out of your body. Yeah. You're in somebody else's life. You're taking a scroll, not a not a stroll, a scroll. Right. Before you know it, you're looking at somebody's dog, and you know, oh, man. like I don't. Like, how did I get so far removed from the moment from what's real, the present reality? I, I find that there's times where, whether it be at the end of the night or whether it be during the day or, or in reality, even now, so there's times in traffic where I, I, I'm, I'm bopping. I'm literally going Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And I realized that a couple of nights ago, I was like, and I wake up the first thing in the morning, I reach over, I grab my phone. I hop in, I check my email, I do this, I check on this, I check on that. So I've, I've started to eliminate that from my life in the morning mm-hmm. and start to take that time and, and, and meditate or just sit and reflect for a little while or whatever it is. But it's bad. 
It's really bad it's because bad. if we're if it's it's so bad, it's such a disease. And if we're not in our bodies, then who are we? Yeah. You know, who are we showing up as in the world? And of course, you're stressed out because you're just not grounded. Right. So, you know, we've got to ch- teach our children because, you know, we created this mess and we owe it to them to help them try to figure it out. Yeah. You know, how can they get back into their body and be more mindful and start their day from that place? And when you teach these skills, um, it's kind of it's. Oh, you always have them. They're life skills. So they're, you're going to pick up your phone. You're going to go out into the world and you're going to get busy and stressed out. But you you know how to get back in by using the vehicle of your breath, taking a few mindful breaths, just brings you right back into the moment. You know how to de-stress and you start to lo- learn what's real because when you're not in your body all the time, your mind creates a reality that yeah. is not always true, mm-hmm. you know, and the only way to, to get right is to get back in right. and kind of get back into alignment and then, and then bring yourself back out. I always say there's, there's such power in pause. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, I try, I really try very hard to stop for a second mm-hmm. in a lot of times. And I find it, especially when I'm in traffic or I'm on the road or something else and somebody cuts in front of you and I, and you know, you automatically, the hand goes up in the air or something to that effect. And I've really stopped. Like I, I, despite the fact that I don't remember getting home today, I know that I had a really nice drive this morning. You know, I, I just, I know that that's I didn't get angry. At, I, well, that's just a given <laughs> anyway. That's a given anyway. But, but I, I find that even in, in a lot of situations that that stop, that, that pause, that breath, you know, yes. even if it's just those three big, long, deep breaths that I can suck in for that couple of seconds just stops so much madness. Yes. And in this world that, that I live in, especially of being on the road all the time, and there's a tremendous amount of madness. Yeah. You know, I mean, a flight's delayed and you've got 50 people that are bitching at a woman at a counter who had nothing to do with the fact that a flight was delayed. And I just walk up at the end yes. and say, eh, is there any way I can get on another flight? You know, and they always say, thank you for being so nice. And I'm like, you're just you're doing your job. There's nothing I can do. You know, I can't get angry with you because it's raining. Yeah. So, but and and it's so interesting. You know, the minute we um, align our energy, how everything shows up differently, you yeah. know, it's we're creating our reality all the time. So if you believe that life is shit and stressful and hard, then it's good. You know, be. and that's what it is. That's exactly you know? what you're asking for. Exactly. We always get what we want. So be careful of what you're asking for. Yeah, it's the truth. I, I do. I try to say to my girls all the time because, you know, I mean, they're teenage girls. I've got 13 and 16. There's so much drama that goes on. So it's a totally different world, Bri. Yeah. I mean, when we were younger, you know, it took weeks for a rumor to get around. How about that shit? You know, yeah. and no. if you were on the phone in my house, there was one phone. It was in the kitchen on the wall with a cord attached to it. Yeah, you, and as you're on the you. phone, you're like ducking away from your mom trying to speak in code, but everybody <laughs> can hear you, you know? No, so I do. Today, they just, they can, and, and it's so quick. Um, it's, you can respond so quickly and it can be so damaging. Big time really damaging. And, um, it's, it's tough with their living under. I, I, I would never want to go back, but we do, we owe it to them to try to make it right. Yeah. I spent- to try to give them skills to help them transcend, um, 
the craziness, you yeah. know, and find a pocket of peace within themselves. I teach teen Zen and tween Zen. And now my daughters teach the teen Zen and the tween Zen classes for kids just trying to create some mindfulness. But you know what? They're Although they live in that crazy world of their cell phones and texting and group text and Snapchat, um, they also remember yeah. much easier than we do. It's much easier to teach a kid than it is an adult sure. meditation. I'll tell you that. Yeah. My girls and know. They, My girls do it. We do it every now and then. Fiona gets pissed off. She doesn't like to lay there and, you know, all that. But she, you know, she's 13. She's the ball of energy. And, and for me, even if we just laid there, to me, that's five or 10 minutes of, of just a piece at the end of the day. Even yes. if you're not. And we listen to apps. I mean, we have like two really cool apps that we listen to. We listen to Breathe and we listen to Calm. Mm. And, and have you ever heard of Breathe? Yes. It's a great one because you can put your mood in and it kind of gives you a four, five, six, 10, 12 minute meditation for whatever you're going to do and whether you slept well or not. And, and I like those because they're, I don't know, they're, they're, they, they work very well for me Yeah, when I do stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like that too. Headspace is really great too. There's okay. so many great apps out okay. there. There so, really is. So can you talk to me about what Reiki is? So Reiki is, um, spiritually guided life force energy. So, um, you would speak to many Reiki practitioners and you would get many different definitions because, um, like art, everybody expresses it differently. For me, I like to keep it really simple because I want all types of people to come into me. I want Joe at the gas station to be able to come in and lay down on the table and not be intimidated and think it's going to be a woo-woo ceremony. Right. Um, basically, Reiki healing is hands-on. So I'm kind of touching your body and feeling for um, energy displacement. And I am, to be simple, I could say I'm praying on you. Okay. Um, but I do have certain sacred symbols and, and different mantras that I use. And I am just pulling in life force energy to help bring your energy body back into balance. So what happens is our energy body is taking in so much all the time. I mean, just from our cell phones and our computers and the electromagnetic fields, it's crazy. But also, you know, when you're around, let's say you're in Wawa in the morning and there's some lady in there screaming at her kid and tugging them all around. And it's like disturbing, yeah. you know, you're disturbed. And then you leave there and you go home and you're still thinking about it. It'll pop into your mind hours later. Well, that that woman's release of energy seeped onto you. It's like somebody threw up all over your energy field and it's stuck onto your aura like a tick yeah. sort of. Um, and these things, you know, we're constantly throwing up all over each other energetically. Um, and they stay with you and your own energy field is stressed out and dealing with stuff. So the, the, everything's getting bogged down, bogged down. And eventually it starts seeping through your energy field and it starts out as dis-ease, which is like being stressed out, being uncomfortable, being depressed, um, you know, just kind of like off. And then it seeps through your energy field into your physical body and eventually can cause disease. So it starts out as dis-ease and can become disease. And with Reiki healing, we're trying to prevent that. You know, we're trying to undo and really help you deeply relax. 
I always tell people, forget about anything I'm, I'm doing. I can tell you I'm working on your chakras and I see this color and that color, but like, who cares? Yeah. You know, the only thing that matters is you drop in to the most relaxed, awake space that you may have ever been in in your entire life, ever. And the healing that takes place, you're kind of getting back in your body and you're becoming more of who you really are. And then you go back to your family in that state and they see who you are and you're responsible with your energy at that point. Um, but the thing is, it's maintenance, right? You know, um, you kind of, you know, when you get jacked up and you might need a little help if meditation isn't doing it for you and you can't seem to get right, um, then you might want to seek out a Reiki practitioner to help you drop in just a little bit deeper, clear your energy field and get you back into alignment. I love it. I love what I do. And as a life coach, um, you know, I really help people. I believe a lot of healing talks and talk is comes through talking. Yeah. The minute people start telling the truth, they start healing. Yeah. So simple. Um, so all this healing starts during coaching. And then once I get them to a place of vulnerability and then they start speaking the truth, then it's okay. Now let's get you on the table and let's clear all this energy off your field so that you can really you know, be more authentic. How, 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 how energetic was I? I think I fell asleep during the, during my Reiki session. Most people do. And that's okay. Because that was my question. Yeah. Yeah. Your field is a little bit more mutable for me. I can kind of move around and, and do what I need to do because when people are awake, sometimes they get too heady. They're like, you know, they start thinking woo woo things. Is she seeing something? You know, <laughs> is my dead grandmother in the room? And it's not like that. I'm no Long Island medium. Right. By far. We gotcha. And everybody reads energy. You can read energy. You can read energy the minute somebody walks into a Absolutely. room. Absolutely. You know, if they're happy, sad, stressed, you can feel it or, yeah. ha- or excited. Um, so I think that, you know, combination of life coaching and energy work is really, really strong for people who are really trying to move through big life transitions. Right. But a medita- daily meditation practice is what really keeps you in alignment. It's, it's um, you know, it's part of living a spiritual lifestyle. It's not, you don't have to be a holy roller. Right. Just sit down and meditate. Just, you know, figure out what it is for you. And, um, it slows it. It slows down my day, and it makes me feel in in a crazy world. I mean, I, I drove home from Maryland this morning. I, I have two interviews today. I still have to go to the restaurant. I have a flight tonight. I have laundry in the wash. Like, but but yeah. for this morning, my six minutes was was perfect. Like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And it's that time, especially for somebody like me, to just stop. Mm-hmm. Just stop. For them. And everybody, it's a pot. It, nobody can disturb your peace, yeah. your inner peace. When you know where home is, um, it's untouchable by the rest of the world, you know? Yeah. And that's the most important thing for, for people in this crazy, chaotic world, especially today, you know, with what's going on politically. Just drop into your own center, find some peace. I keep telling people in my meditation classes, stop worrying about what's going on yeah. and clean up your own backyard. Exactly. I say it all like, let's focus on our four walls, focus on what's yes. going on in our four walls and, and let's let that other shit work itself out. And I'm not saying don't protest and don't do this, and don't, but, but 
there's somebody called me a fucking asshole in line at Rite Aid the day of the election because I said I voted for who I voted for. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, you do realize this is real life. This isn't Facebook. Like I'm directly in front of you. We can see each other. And he did. He called me a fucking asshole. So it's so interesting because we're, we're, we're all we all want things to be better. Everybody's intention is the same, but yet, um, nobody knows what they're really talking about or what they're, what they're arguing for, or even maybe what they're protesting for or why they voted for that person. And if you practice meditation and you practice some level of mindfulness, at least when you go into a situation of protesting for something, you're, you're really grounded and sticking up for what you believe in, right. you know? what you know to really be true for you. And that's super important. I mean, gosh, if we can get some more mindfulness in politics, I don't even know where we'd be living today. <laughs> Someday we're getting, you know what? I mean, the, the change happened from the oh, politicians happened. and look, whether you, whether you voted for him or not, I think that one of the big things for me is that, that a, a large portion of the country, we have no idea how many truly voted for a change. And to me, that change is, is, is saying we're sick and tired of politics. Yeah, I and agree. Maybe if we can let this guy and he's a maniac, <laughs> he's yeah. a complete maniac. The <laughs> fact is. that he still tweets and the shit that he puts out just makes me laugh. It's hilarious. But, but he's but. also done some pretty good shit in the last couple of weeks. He's done some He's fucked up things too. He's a mirror to us, isn't he? You know, as far as social media is concerned and the way he kind of, he can't really control himself. You know, yeah. that's kind of a mirror to, we've all become that. We've created that. Yes. That is reality TV, you yeah. know? I mean, it is, that is it. But I do believe he's the catalyst for, for change. Um, whether you believe in his policies or, or not, um, people are waking up. And I think that it's across the board over, especially over the last eight years. I mean, you know, we think about the country where we are and all the issues that we've had in the last bunch of years. We elected an African-American president. Yeah. That was something that was a big change. And now we've elected a non-politician as a president. Mm -hmm. So I I think that there's a lot of screaming that is going on and people are are really, they're, they're, they're kind of embracing it a little bit. Some of the change. But, but we don't want too much change. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the one like, no, no, no. Hold on for a second. You yeah, got to back yeah. off. Like, you know, I mean, it's kind of like everybody's trying to reel them, reel them in or whatever. But it's uh, I, I think we do. I think we need one. We need change. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with Trump actually at all. No. I think we're we're in we are in we are in the throes of a spiritual revolution. Yes. People are waking up. I totally agree with you. I mean, that's I think it's, it's what's m- happening. It's not as. You know, before it was kind of a weird tree hugger mm-hmm. world, and now it's so readily acceptable. I mean, one, you know, when you and I had a conversation the other day about yoga, mm-hmm. a, a, a brief conversation, but about how, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it's, you know, it, it, there's so many people are taking it and, and it's, you know, everybody's in Lululemon pants and, you know, well, I do yoga now. Well, guess what? I'm wearing them right now. I don't do yoga, but they look good on me and I feel comfortable in them. But yeah. I, mean, I can do a headstand for 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I see all the time. And then everybody posts their, you know, 45 second video of them trying to get on that headstand. And then guess what? Two weeks later, they did it. And, you know, now we're going to do it with one hand on the yeah. side. And it's so I don't know. 
And it's and really not what, what yoga, yoga does is, right. uh, you know, the real true principle of yoga, yoga, meditation was created first. Meditation came <clears> first. <throat> yoga was stretching your body so that you could sit to be mindful. But um, mo- yoga does teach us on our mat where we're inflexible in our lives, you know, yeah. yoga body, yoga mind. So it's a, it's a powerful vehicle. But I, but I do believe that we are, we are all waking up to, and when I say spiritual revolution, it's not religious. Spirituality is just basically, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. And what are you living with intention? And what is your intention? Because I believe that we've been living out other people's intentions or um, ill intentions for a really long time. And, and now we're, we're kind of being called to the carpet to... What do you really believe in? What do you stand for? Who are you? What yeah. do you want? Um, what is your intention? Yeah. You know, your purpose, your, purpose, your, your intention is, is the Oz behind the curtain. <laughs> intention is the V it is the motor in the vehicle. Intention comes before your goal. Yeah. You know, your intention tells the truth and your intention is pure energy and you can't fucking lie to the universe. You yeah. know, your intention is real. It's really real. So you better really get um, very clear on what your intentions are in life at this time in life, I think. Um, because bullshit's just being called out left and right, isn't it? Man, it's cool. It is. It is. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's getting bad. And- so. All right. Well, I know that you have some other stuff that you have to do today besides sit and talk with me all day long. I have to talk to you. <laughs> but I do. So because of the fact that I'm a chef and all that good stuff, I do have to ask you like a couple funky questions. So sure. you worked in hospitality. Yeah. For a while. Mm-hmm. For a long time. So mm-hmm. what, what do you see now compared to what you did then? Whether um, it be through through stylist with what you were doing before or being, a, you know, a server in a restaurant or a bartender or or as a consumer. What are you seeing now compared to, I don't know, 10 years ago um, in the industry of a stylist? I am definitely things are changing. Things are becoming more holistic. Um, they're more concerned about chemicals. There's more yeah. there's more purpose in the service. So um, when I was a stylist in the 80s, I mean, come on, we were rocking and rolling. You needed roller skates on Saturday afternoons. There was perm rods in every chair. It was crazy talk. And there wasn't real there wasn't real deep connection to the people. And I think that there's more deeper connection to service today. There's more eye contact. Yeah, there's, you know, more tell me about who you are and what kind of lifestyle you live. And let me help you come up with. Uh, style, something that works well with your life and represents more of who you really are to the world. I think it's evolving. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I see it all. I mean, even with my servers, my servers have to introduce, they have to leave a business card on the table. I want that personal interaction as opposed to, you know, I mean, that chick who serves me my food. Oh, um, yeah. And it's funny you because Kira and she'll tell you, you know, her, the, the one thing that she does is you, the first thing you do is you stop and you look them in the eyes and you say, how are you? And mm-hmm. then you direct your gaze to every single person at that table and you genuinely mean it. Yeah. But it makes people uncomfortable. When you look somebody in the it eye, does. that makes them very uncomfortable. It's like yeah. they're going into your soul. Yeah. It's so weird. And, and it's, um, I think it's intimacy, you know, we're all 
kind of afraid of intimacy. Like, see me, but don't see into me. Sure. No, absolutely. You know, just I see totally... the facade of me. Don't see the truth of me. Yeah. Yeah. I I find that I I I was talking to some friends last night. And one of the one of, one of the people that was with us had said, you're very intense, like you like you have a conversation with somebody and it's very fast and you get the information from them and you want to know. And then you kind of listen to them like and, and one one woman said, like, I was staring at somebody. And so I wasn't staring at them. I was I was trying to communicate with them. Like right now, you can't see me. I'm staring directly at you. But, <laughs> but I look into people's eyes. I really do try to look into people's eyes, especially in this day and age, because your phone is in your right hand. Yep. Something is going on over their left shoulder. You know, mm-hmm. there's never. So I really have found, especially when I'm out and, and I, you know, I go out with my buddies and all that stuff. And I'm the guy who kind of stands back and watches everybody. Mm-hmm. And I almost like interview people because I genuinely real, I really care. I want to know people's stories. I want to know their history. I want to know why I want to know what their purpose is. I want to know what, what is it? You know, what, what their character is. Yeah. I think when you become present, you start to notice all the characters yeah. and then you become curious. Well, why did they create that character and who are they underneath of that character? Yeah. And there's so much fun in the present moment, you know, there's yeah. just, there's a whole show going on <laughs> and it's fantastic to be in the present moment, but it really is important to look people in their eyes and to acknowledge their existence because you're acknowledging their existence is teaching them a mindful moment. Right. Even if they're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. They're, they're mindful in that moment and then they take that energy with them. And even the touch, the power of touch, you know, just just gently touching somebody's elbow. You always touch. I do. I always touch. Always well, touch. Healer, and and I'm this, I find that I do it as well, whether it's the elbow or, you know, put the hand on the forearm or whatever it is. I'm always touch. My girls, they, they're sick and tired of me. <laughs> I drive down the road and my hand is, you know, playing with Emily's ponytail or I'm just yeah. scratching the back of her neck or there's something there's so much. And especially in this impersonal world that we all Im, impersonal is that word, Sally? Impersonal. Yeah, we we don't people. You know, you you can't touch people. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. I mean. So when you do, it's almost a shock factor mm-hmm. that you did. And I'm a huge believer in the shaking of a hand mm-hmm. as as a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm going back to Fort Myers. I have an appearance there in a couple of weeks. And last year, I had uh, I had met this woman. And my buddy said, oh, my God, this person really wants to meet you. And I turned around and I put my hand out and she dropped the fish in my hand, the dead. And I and I I immediately let go. And I said, when you're ready to meet me, let me know. And I just kind of turned around and she was a stunning, stunning, stunning woman. And she was shocked, shocked that I had basically dissed her at that moment. And she yes. kind of looked at me and I said, and, and I just said to her, if you really wanted to meet me, you'd look me in my eyes and in my eyes and actually give me like a proper hand. And it was rude, maybe on my part, but I got a message from her on Facebook at three o'clock in the morning that said, I, I want to apologize because you're absolutely it. right. You're absolutely right. And I have people all the time. Oh, my God, you're crushing my hand. Or And my father said, being a man or a woman, shake their hand with a purpose. Let them know that, that yes. you're proud to meet them no matter what. So. Okay. So here's my next, here's my next. So your favorite restaurant, where is it? Oh, Flying Fish Crab House. Oh my God. No, come on. Be real. Tell me, tell me favorite restaurant. (laughs) Um, 
I really don't have one, honestly. I mean, I, I, I like to go where my friends are. I like to support my friends. I love yeah. to be in your restaurant. I love to be in Dana's restaurant, Avenue Kitchen, love in Avenue. Glen Mills. I love, I, I love to hang out there. I just like to be where there's good energy and where there's good energy, there's good food. Ideal meal. Like what did you say? Ideal meal. Like if you could have anything like that's just going to just be you, like what would your meal be? French fries. Really? Like, I love French fries. Like a, like an out of the bag French fry or like a good hand cut seasoned a, with 16 a different good things? good hand cut French fry. I love French fries. Okay. And yeah. like what's your dip? Simple girl, Bri. What's your dip? Do you dip it or do you just like the salty French fry? No, I, uh, well, I do love a salty French fry, but I, I love to dip. Um, I like all kinds of dips <laughs> beyond ketchup. Beyond you know. ketchup. So like a yeah, dressed up, like a, ketchup. like a fancy ranch, Chinese yeah, mustard. I like ranch. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Sally Miller. I love you. I love you too, Bri. And I really do. And I appreciate you and your friendship and the fact that no matter where I go and you can hear my beads as I, as I, I bang them on the desk that, uh, that, that you're with me all the time. And I appreciate that. And I thank you for being my friend. Oh, I see so, you. I love you. I know. I know. So, all right. So Sally Miller, ha sorry, Sally Miller young, still hard. My <laughs> friends, I got to remember it. Sorry, Kev. I love you, brother. Yeah. Lunatic. Uh, what, uh, so how do we find you? If we, how do we find you? Wow. Well, you can find me on Facebook under B Soul. You can find me on Instagram under B Soul Studio. Um, you can also friend me on Facebook, Sally Miller Young. And you can find me now on the Mind Body app. If you go on Mind Body, which most people use Mind Body for any type of wellness appointment, scheduling anything in a yoga studio or even a hair salon, um, you can find me there. Just type in B Soul Studio or look under meditation or wellness, and B Soul Studio will come up and you can schedule a class or a session right through the Mind Body app. Okay, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, go check her out if you live in Philadelphia or whatever. You got to go and hang out with Sally for a little while. You know, every single week I get to uh, talk to cool people. Um, sometimes they're friends. Sometimes they're people that I've met on the road. Sometimes they're just some, ra you know, like some random strangers in the back of an Uber or something like that. But I, I love what I get to do when I do that because it, it, one, it opens me up to so many more experiences and it opens me up to so much more stuff that's out there in the world. Um, you know, talking to Sally this week was, uh, was, was big for me. It's, it's, you know, that's the first time that we've really had to sit down and have an hour long conversation and focus on what she does. Because a lot of times Sally is that person who reaches out and, uh, she's the one who is, is really interested in what you're doing. And in this world that I live in of travel and introduction and business and father and, uh, friend and all of that, you know, it seems like there's so much of the conversation about me and what I do and all that stuff that it's really nice to have a conversation, uh, with Sally, uh, and with friends about what's going on in their lives. And I honestly think that if we all just kind of step back for a little bit and we all just took a couple of big fat deep breaths that, you know what? Before we respond to something, before you post that, before you hit send, before you hit that up button on your phone, when you send that text out, that's going to be, uh, you know, maybe a little mean to somebody or, or, or maybe you need to rethink it for a second. Um, my, my brother has a statement that he says to me all the time, and that is um, speak to benefit yourself and others. 
And I've really tried over the last bunch of months to kind of step back a little bit and speak to benefit for myself or others. So you have to be really careful with that because if you think about that a lot and before you make that statement, before you send that text, before you make that post, think about it just for a second. Is this going to benefit myself or somebody else and how is it going to benefit them? Is it going to be critical to a point that it could upset them? Is it going to be critical to a point that it might make them feel a little bit better about what's going on in their day? Or, you know, am I just saying something just to say it? Because I think that a lot of times people just react. We just react, you know, and being in the restaurant business, it is a business of reactions. Got to understand that when somebody's pissed off or somebody's treating you like a piece of shit or something like that, it's not you. It's them. They're the ones with the problem. So get out there. Be nice to some people. Have a good couple of days. Every now and then, stop, step back, take a couple deep breaths, and realize how crazy this world is. But we can control that within ourselves just through the power of a little bit of breathing. All right, so that's my super weird podcast for this week um, because I think you guys kind of get a little bit of an idea into some of the other stuff that goes on in my life and kind of how I deal with some of the stresses and balances of traveling, fatherhood, friendship, you know, all of that. Um, it, It can get a little bit tough. So check out my good friend, Sally. I hope you guys have a great week. I will talk to you next week. I got some good stuff lined up for next week. Have a great one. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is an on-the-beach quick fix. On Radio Influence. Can we talk about more important things? Like like the other night when we were out and that girl was checking you out and you uh, asked me a very important question. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, do women look at bulges? <laughs> yeah. This is so much better than politics. Yeah. Um, Good segue, by the way. Yeah. So I just, we have to get off political talk. And this was the funniest thing that happened. So Pants and I were out drinking. We were out watching a band the other night. Girl keeps looking at pants. Yep. And so, but you were you were saying she wasn't making eye contact. Yeah. She was making. I think she was checking out the bulge. Crotch contact. Yeah. I, and I, I was I was wondering like do women do women check out um, bulges like, like men like we're we're constantly I you know men constantly are looking at looking at asses looking at boobs boobs looking, everything yes yeah, yeah. Of course, so we, of course, we never stop so girls do look at bulges yeah. yeah yeah she and she was checking you out she's checking out the bulge uh-huh. all right that's how it happens yeah. So, yes, I, I wouldn't say I always look exactly right there all yeah, the time. Yeah, where do you go first? If you're checking a guy uh, out, usually, usually when a work? guy is sitting down, okay. it's, you know, you can really see it. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's kind of there to check out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, girls do check out bulges. The other thing, guys are starting to wear these skinny pants. All, yes. Dress pants, pants pants, any kind mm-hmm. of, like, trousers. Yeah. So their pants are really tight now. Yeah. So it's hard not to look at the bulge. Okay, yeah. It's just out there for us now. Exactly. Just like yoga pants for women. You That's know? right. Yeah, we can't help but look. We You're can't wearing help the pants. but look. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. you're checking out the bulge. Girls do check out bulges. I, now I got to think about buying some tighter pants. Well, And, and maybe, maybe even like pack something down there. I don't know. <laughs> pack it up Let's, down there? Yeah, stuff it up a little bit. Why not? You know, like give, uh, a, little, give a little extra something down there. Just uh, just let you know I'm here. 
On the Beach can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.